Hello there. This is Benny. This is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. Podcast about Doctor Who and museums. Yes, two things that we love. (laughs) And we hope you love them too. Indeed. Also, the podcast about updates on my kitchen renovation project. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's what you're really tuning in for, listeners. Uh Uh-huh. I I would say that hopefully by the time the listeners hear this, that it will be finished, but I don't want to jinx it, so we'll just pretend I didn't okay. say that just now. You did not. <laughs> I heard nothing. I I promised Benny, this is the second episode we're recording today, and I promised Benny before the first one that <laughs> I would have a story for him in the second one. Yeah, he told me I had to wait until the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> I asked for an update, and I've been waiting ever since... So, as Benny had seen on my partner's Instagram, mm-hmm. there was a bit of a delay with our <laughs> countertops. I mentioned uh-huh. in the previous episode that our cabinets just got installed and like countertops would be the logical next step. And we bought these countertops or, you know, we bought these granite slabs that are going to be fabricated into countertops from the same people who designed and manufactured and installed the cabinets. But it turns out they sold our granite slabs to somebody else. (laughs) Or I guess actually their supplier did. They failed to communicate to their supplier. And so their supplier sold our slabs that, you know, we paid for months ago to somebody else. <laughs> did, did they sell them to the doctor by any chance? Because I feel like he pulled something very similar in the one with the Romans, um, uh-huh. with the, the clothing that he got. <laughs> uh, we joke about it, but Kyle, that is genuinely shitty. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty shitty. Our project manager was like fucking pissed at the countertop people. Good. He was, you know, being calm and collected on the phone with me, but like... He told me that he was pissed at them. Okay. So, yeah, they are trying to find us some other countertops, either from the countertop and cabinet people that we dealt with, sourcing them from somebody else, or our project managers sourcing them from somebody else entirely. But hopefully it's only going to be a delay of like a couple of weeks. We'll see. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks still kind of sucks. Yeah, I think Even we are... you have no kitchen right yeah, now. <laughs> we are currently finishing our fourth week of having no kitchen. And yeah, we're basically expecting next week to be the final week. But wow. yeah, who knows at this point. Wow. Well, I know we were uh, we were talking about the possibility of maybe having a get-together at some point at your guys' place. Um uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I guess the the one in a couple of weeks that was possibly going to be at our place will now, I think, definitely not. Uh-huh. And then the one next month that we were pretty sure about is now seeming less sure, I will say. Yeah, I mean, maybe we just have to think of something that's not kitchen that doesn't require a kitchen. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure something out. That yeah. sucks, Kyle. I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. There were a couple other things that the cabinet folks messed up, but none of them were really a big deal. This one was kind of a big deal. 
Oh, man, they are not getting a five-star review on Yelp. Yeah, I think at this point, the best they're going to get is probably three. Mm-hmm. And and that even that depends on like how they resolve the countertop thing. Yeah. The cabinets themselves look nice, I will say. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, um, oh, I have I have a, a, an interesting bit of news. Maybe this will be of some interest to some of our listeners. I don't know. Maybe you just find something. Uh, anyway, I, I did my first at-home COVID test the other day. Um, oh, yeah? Because I'd, I'd been to the dentist recently, and I, I rode um, BART, you know, our, our Bay Area rapid transit um, there and back. So we, we had some friends coming to visit from out of town. So I was like, oh, got a test to make sure. Um, and, uh, yep, I got to stick that swab all the way back and <laughs> that was an adventure. It, it, it goes, it goes in a, a fair ways, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and feels real weird. Um, but I was negative and we got to go ahead with our hangouts. So nice. Good. Yeah. I, I got like actually tested by a nurse once like pretty much a year ago at this point because i had to do like some other medical procedure so they wanted to like test me in advance Uh but i i have not yet like done my own personal at-home test i am planning on doing uh, one like before our get together that we mentioned oh cool but ah we appreciate that um i i I have never had the, the nurse applied one. I've only done the, the one for myself. So I'll be curious to hear um, once you've experienced both <laughs> what the difference is. Uh-huh. When I had had the nurse one done, like it was back when, you know, like one of the big memes of the day was that like COVID test sucked and like it was, you know, poking your brain and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And like one of the first things the nurse said to me was it's not, you know, first she asked if I had had one before and I said, no. And she's (laughs) like, it's not as bad as you've, as you've heard. It's not as bad as the memes. (laughs) And, and it's true. It wasn't, you know, it was not comfortable or pleasant, but it was not as bad as I was, (laughs) as I was fearing. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it was more just sort of a strange feeling and I think strange conceptually like knowing that this was like in in my nose um, uh-huh. more than like pain or anything like that like it it didn't hurt and, and listeners it's not supposed to hurt so if it hurts like stop and <laughs> adjust or or, or abort because uh, it should not it, especially if you're doing a home test should not hurt as it's yeah but yeah. but yeah there is there is a mental component of just knowing that like <laughs> this thing is is actually going pretty deep into your head. Yeah, yeah, like um, percentage-wise even. <laughs> what, what percentage of my head has now been, like, you know, um, traversed by this swab? Uh-huh. And speaking of traversing things, our heroes are traversing space and time. Um, shall, we, shall we check in with them? Indeed. So here in The Search, the 28th episode of Season 2, 
as our heroes search for granite slabs to fabricate countertops from. We, <laughs> I saw that look like, because uh, I, I think honestly for a second, I was just like, oh, is that what it was? Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> and I, when I saw you glance up, you were like, Benny, hold on. What are you doing? <laughs> are you paying attention even? Took me a second. Uh, I was about to just launch into it, but then I just remembered that I should ask you if you remember our cliff dangler. <laughs> For a second, I thought I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, the the doctor is uh, you know he he's been captured by the Morocks, uh, who are the owners of this museum, um, and they were going to take him to the preparation room or the preparation chamber or some other ominous sounding place to make him into a museum exhibit he'll be here permanently i'm the one who said that, <laughs> who said that. um but yeah uh, meanwhile ian uh barbara and vicky are looking for the doctor and uh ian's packing some space heat i wonder who gets to write like the the informational display plaque for like the doctor's museum exhibit, are they going to like interview him? Is that part of the preparation <laughs> to like figure out what they're going to put on his, on his plaque or what? Oh man. He'd need like a plaque twice the height of the ceiling of the room. <laughs> <laughs> if they let him, you know, dictate his own plaque. Uh huh. Like it's, it's just the back wall, the, the whole back <laughs> wall of the room. And you know, it's tiny, tiny writing. <laughs> Actually, it'd be a pretty funny gag if the people, the Morocks, get him to write his own plaque and he he stalls them long enough to be rescued by the rest of the group so we start with a shot of a few steve jobses who are standing around and looking at the tardis which is being guarded by a couple of morocks and we cut from this over to ian vicky and barbara who are watching this same scene that we just saw. They're watching like through a door that they've cracked from the other room. So the Steve Jobses are watching the Morocks and um, our heroes are watching the Steve Jobses watching the Morocks. Uh, well, the Steve Jobses are, are more watching the TARDIS. Okay. And then the Morocks are watching the Steve Jobs. Oh, I had it backwards. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. And then our heroes are watching them all. Cool. They are, again, trying to figure out what they should do. That is a pretty common theme in this serial. <laughs> Find the doctor, I suppose. I'm afraid I'm no great expert when it comes to changing the future. But you change it every day. <laughs> Just by going through it. Uh-huh. Vicky thinks that someone should probably stay behind to watch the TARDIS... But Ian says they already know where it's going. Hmm. Interesting. Like, yeah. I wonder if he's thinking of where, where they saw it on display. I think that is what he meant, yeah. That's cool. It's going to the display room. Now he's thinking with... Uh, I almost said now he's thinking with portals. Now he's thinking with, <laughs> with time and relative dimensions in space. <laughs> Barbara just wants to do something other than stand around complaining. Uh-huh. But Ian's not so sure about that. Action. <laughs> oh, uh <-huh>. Ian, <laughs> what happened, buddy? You feeling okay? <laughs> Choice is only possible when you know all the facts. Don't you realize we know nothing about this place? Oh, no. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if all this, like, time paradox, like, future avoiding stuff is starting to get to him. Yeah, he's he's starting to 
maybe get put on probation with the whole person of action thing at the moment. <laughs> you know, it's not often that he wants to like know all the facts before he does a thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's not being a person of action. That's being a person of introspection. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, person of introspection. <laughs> Just then, the Morak commander enters the TARDIS area and chases the Steve Jobses off. <laughs> cool. His men, the guards, inform him that they've been unable to get into the TARDIS and he starts complaining about how his boss, the governor, is going to blame him for it and that this job isn't worth the pay, basically. Huh, interesting. Okay. I I, I always like these like relatable moments. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, his boss, Governor Lobos, shows up. And, you know, at first he's like, oh, this seems like pretty uncomfortable for all four travelers to be in at once. <laughs> uh huh. And, but, you know, then he asks, like, why is the door locked? Like, why haven't they forced it open yet? So the commander starts yelling at his men and, like, sends one of them to get cutting tools. <laughs> uh,. I see he uh he went to the same school of management as um oh, who was the the person who was who kept like yelling at his uh um Elakir last time. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, Elakir gets yelled at so then he goes and yells at his men. It's uh it's it's uh, it seems to be a, a universal style of management <laughs> which I do not agree with. Indeed, it is not cool to do that if you're a manager. Indeed. Part of the job is to absorb the shit from above. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, Barbara, and Ian are still eavesdropping through the cracked door from the other room, and they're overhearing all of this. And they also overhear that one of the four aliens has been caught. It's always fun when our heroes get referred to as aliens. Yeah, I like that too. They continue trying to eavesdrop, and they completely miss the Morok sneaking up behind them with a ray gun. Oh, okay. The DM's like, are you sure you want to like, keep listening through the door? You sure you don't want to like move All on to the next you? room? <laughs> Uh, remind me what your passive perception was. <laughs> this Morak who's sneaking up makes Vicky hand over the ray gun that Ian had picked up earlier. Oh, so, dang, we didn't even get to use it. Yeah, she does. Like, you know, they don't have much choice. She hands it over. Yeah, fair. And then the three of them, Barbara, Vicky, and Ian, have this whole long conversation about what they should do. Going back to the theme of the serial, Ian wants to advance on the guard, but Vicky and Barbara are worried that the guard will shoot him. Well, Ian, now you're a person of action. Uh huh. <laughs> Ian thinks that they can't be killed. He thinks that, like, we're safe because we're going to end up in the cases, but. That, you know. that logic doesn't work out because we don't yeah. want to end up in the cases. We're trying to specifically avoid that. Not that this was necessarily the best way to do so, getting right. ray gunned. Yeah, that's basically exactly what Barbara says. Like she's pointing <laughs> out that like the future can change. That's what we're like 
trying to do. And like, if we're all dead, that would probably change the future. But like, what's the point if we're all dead? <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. Vicky starts to wonder if the future has already changed since they've already lost the doctor from the party. But again, Barbara points out that there's no reason to think that all four of them necessarily ended up in the display cases at the same time. I, that hadn't occurred to me, but that is true. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they all lament not knowing what to do. And <laughs> Ian decides to just do something anyway. And as Ian is about to start doing something, the guard finally decides to step in. That's enough talking. Come on, move out. Slow it. Uh, I, I hope this was the DM like preventing the player from doing something completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I know that talking is a free action, but like, <laughs> I checked the time codes. At four minutes and thirty-one seconds, the guard says, and then Ian, Vicky, and Barbara have their conversation, and the guard doesn't speak again until five minutes and 25 seconds when he says that's enough talking. So like nearly a full minute of the guard just apparently standing there with his gun drawn, like waiting while they discuss their plans. Sometimes it's a little unclear what's in character and what's not. And then <laughs> sort of like roll with it. Uh huh. So the guard eventually decides to move them out, but Vicky and Barbara stay where they are. They don't move as Ian slowly advances on the guard, just like walking toward him, asking him about what his orders were specifically, and if they included killing them. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> A valid question, given uh -huh. the circumstances. Guard basically says that they didn't include killing them. He's just supposed to bring them in. And Ian's like, I think what your superiors are going to say. They're going to ask, did you bring in the aliens? No, you're going to reply. I went out and shot them all. Interesting that the guard who's got them on, at gunpoint just basically straight up comes out and reveals that he can't actually shoot them. Right, Seems yeah. Like that would uh, kind of defeat the purpose of holding this gun on them. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to tell this guard how to do his job. But yeah, so he just holds the gun as Ian says this and like slowly gets closer and closer to the guard until uh -huh. he knocks the guard's gun aside and tackles him. Nice. So he he re-earns his person of action title. Yes, he's off probation. <laughs> the Morok guards from outside that, you know, who were guarding the TARDIS that our heroes were eavesdropping on mm -hmm. all like hear what's happening in the room so they all come rushing in vicky and barbara both rush off down the hallway like deeper into the museum but ian gets grabbed and taken outside by a couple of guards oh dang i was hoping i was hoping somebody might get that ray gun but um yeah i guess i guess given the circumstances that probably would have been a very risky move and might have put you in the uh, the firing line for their ray guns. So Yeah, that's always a concern. Um, I mean, you know, Ian did get captured, but the other two got away. So yeah. all things considered, well done, Ian. As soon as they get Ian outside, 
he basically like throws the two guards aside. Nice. Just kind of like throws open his arms. They go flying to the ground. One of them reaches for their gun that has fallen to the ground, but Ian like steps on their arm to stop him from grabbing the gun. And it turns into like a hand to hand melee combat. They, you know, they're fighting. One of the guards grabs Ian's face and Ian grabs the guard's face. <laughs> and, and then they look into each other's eyes. <laughs> the the music swells. <laughs> Eard? <laughs> Garian? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and the fight continues until Ian, again, still person of action, ends up knocking both of the guards unconscious. And wow. he just like leaves them on the ground and runs off. Wow, I yeah, when Barbara and Vicky got away, I just assumed that like, okay, cool, that was the trade-off, you know, Ian like causes a distraction, the other two get away, he gets captured, but <laughs> oh man, he uh I, I wasn't counting on how well he rolled. <laughs> I guess it makes up for all the ones they were rolling earlier. <laughs> yeah, he's just not specced for the perception skill. Yeah. Barbara finds herself in what seems to be a storage room at the museum. Hi, Matilda. She's looking at, like, a mannequin, basically, in the shadows. And, you know, there are, like, some boxes and crates and whatnot. And That sounds very creepy. She she hears some guards coming. So she closes the door and hides behind some cover. Cool. One of the guards opens the door, starts searching the room... DM asks Barbara to roll, so she does, and what do you know? It's a nat 20 this time. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm starting to suspect these dice may be a little loaded. It seems like there's <laughs> a lot of ones and a lot of 20s, and not necessarily so much in between. <laughs> <laughs> she does that thing where, like, as the guard starts to approach somewhere that like your side of the, the cover would be visible, you kind of just like go around the corner to another side <laughs> of it. A uh, classic. And it totally works. The guard doesn't see her and becomes satisfied that the room's empty. So guard leaves and closes the door behind him. And Barbara comes out from her cover, goes over and checks the door, and it's locked. Oh, dang it. Yep. She is now trapped in the storage room. Well, at least she's not alone. And the camera pans to the creepy mannequin. <laughs> uh huh. Hey, how's the episode so far? You can share your thoughts by emailing us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweeting us at doctorwatcher. If you're enjoying our little podcast, please consider giving us a five star review on iTunes. And now, let's get back to the episode. We cut to Vicky, who, you know, is going through museum corridors and she gets grabbed and pulled into a side room by a Steve Jobs. Hmm. Okay. You know, she gets pulled into this room where there's the group of like three Steve Jobses Mm -hmm. and 
she's yelling at first, but they shush her and they tell her to trust them. And she asks why, which is a good, you know, <laughs> a valid question. A yeah. valid question. <laughs> and one of them says, "We hate the Morris. We want to see them dead." You can see we're nothing like them. Yeah, I don't know. That that sounds that sounds very aggro and uh, uh-huh. honestly a little problematic. Uh, yeah. They're nothing like us, so we want to see them dead. Um, I guess that's not necessarily the reason that they want to see them dead, but it seems to be related in their minds. Yeah, it does seem to be like, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, they wear white clothing with these big shoulder pads and like... Mm-hmm. We wear black clothing with no shoulder pads at all. (laughs) (laughs) What if those aren't shoulder pads? What if they just have, like, giant shoulders? (laughs) These are aliens. It's true. We shouldn't shouldn't make assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great if, you you, you know, you you see someone with these giant shoulder pads, and then you, like, take their shirt off, and they just have this, like, giant, like, I don't know, (laughs) things on their shoulders. Big, like, shoulder blades or something. Vicky tries to unlock the backstory but <laughs> they want to find the rest of the party first i guess they don't you know they don't want to have to tell it more than once or whatever <laughs> the dm is like man like at this point whoever wrote this module just assumed you'd all be together you completely <laughs> split the party and uh uh-huh. and all the other players are like no no it's okay um we'll we'll just assume that we know and the dm is like no no metagaming <laughs> Vicky realizes that the Steve Jobs were the ones who took the doctor. Uh-huh. And, you know, which is true. They're like, well, yeah, but then the Morocks got him. Uh-huh. She says that she thinks the Morocks got Ian, too, but she has... <laughs> no, <laughs> Ian got the Morocks. <laughs> uh-huh. But Vicky has no idea where Barbara is. We ran so quickly, we went in opposite directions. I couldn't turn back when I realized because the guards were already behind me. Okay, I was wondering how they got split up. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, just in the fleeing, not paying close attention to who's going where. Mm -hmm. The Steve Jobses figure that Barbara must be in the storerooms. So they send one of them to look for her. (laughs) With a key, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Outside, Lobos is pissed at the guards for letting Ian escape. <laughs> He's just got that one management strategy. You know, like he attended a <laughs> workshop, they told him this works, and he's just been, like, leaning into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it turns out, you know, hiring the shouting orcs for your management <laughs> workshops is not the best. <laughs> I'd actually attend that <laughs> workshop. Like, I wouldn't necessarily put anything I learned there into practice, but it would be entertaining. <laughs> uh huh. Lobos decides that Vicky and Barbara won't be a problem to catch. He will just withdraw all of his men from the museum and have all of the exits guarded. Huh. Well, that's, uh, we'll see how that works out for you. I guess, I guess he doesn't know that the TARDIS can get them out. Yeah. Um, so maybe in his mind, it's like a spaceship that they'd have to like fly up to to escape, um, not realizing that it is it is not. It is a TARDIS, in fact. He, he does leave one guard to watch over the TARDIS. Oh. And, but then well, he sends... Yeah. One guard? <laughs> Come on. He sends all the rest of the guards to search the surrounding area for Ian. As soon as they all leave, we learn that Ian 
is hiding out of sight behind the TARDIS. Oh, nice. Like, it's being guarded from the front. They all (laughs) thought that he ran away, but he's just behind it. Uh Uh-huh. Something tells me that one remaining guard (laughs) is perhaps uh, about to have a bad day. Uh Uh-huh. Ian pulls the classic guard distraction technique of tossing a rock over to the other side of the TARDIS. Excellent. And the guard, you know, gets distracted and following guard code starts looking in the direction of the rock sound. Yes. And Ian sneaks up behind him and manages to like pretty quickly and easily get him to the ground and get his gun. And nice. so now Ian's like pointing the gun at the guard. And it doesn't invite the question of why he didn't grab the guns from the previous guards that he subdued. But yeah, uh, that I mean, I that, guess it doesn't have the uh, the added embarrassment of being held with your own gun. <laughs> the guard fears for his life, and he promises to help Ian out however he can. So Ian starts asking him about like what they would have done with the doctor basically. So Kyle, so this guard um who was originally an enemy but is now, you know, uh after being bested in combat offering to help. Do we get a name <laughs> for this guard by any chance? I don't think we did actually. All right. Well, we're getting a little I'm sensing a little potential here is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be guardian. I was, oh my God. All right, hold on. Earlier with my, like, yard or whatever it was, I said, throw that away. That's garbage. <laughs> Guardian. Yes, we are, we are shipping that. So Ian starts asking guard what they would have done with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And the guard explains that he has been taken to the preparation room to be prepared for the museum. Nice. It is apparently a process of embalming that takes several hours. Oh, oh whoa. Okay. Uh, that's fun. Uh-huh. And Ian tells the guard to take him there. Cool. The guard, like, says that they'll both be killed, but he starts leading Ian anyway, because, like, Ian has the gun. Mm-hmm. I like where this is going. This is cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Lobos is back in his office. He's reading a memo from the home planet. Apparently, they think that he should have had the young Steve Jobses killed because older Steve Jobses are dangerous. Hmm. Lobos calls a guard on the intercom. You know, they're still in the process of like clearing all the guards out from the museum. Mm-hmm. And he arranges for all of the air in the museum to be replaced with Zafra gas an hour <laughs> after all the guards clear out. I love it. I, I, I guess that one last guard who was going to be guarding the, the TARDIS um, is expendable. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very effective. If the two women do not leave the building and surrender to the guards, the gas will eventually paralyze them. I, I do like how they're specifically letting us know that it won't actually kill them. But right. they will be paralyzed. Still won't be good. Barbara is trying to force the locked storage room door open, but she can't do it. Is there is there a vent by any chance? Could she push some boxes together to reach it? Come on, Barbara. <laughs> you, you've, you've played 
We've played some video games before, I'm sure. Yeah, I think she was like, oh, we we can go on probation for person of action. We're not just like kicked off <laughs> because we get a passage of time fade to black. And like when it fades back up, Barbara's basically like leaning against the wall, kind of dozing. <laughs> well, all right. I'm assuming there were no vents and like the, the doors DC for, for breaking it was just too high. So sometimes you do have to gather your strength. Yeah, she's like, well, it for the, the upcoming tests. Can I can I at least take a short rest? Maybe uh-huh. roll some hit dice. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yes, I had kind of accepted. So she's kind of leaning against the wall dozing and the door opens and a Steve Jobs enters the room. Cool. She hides, and like as she hears the door starting to open, she hides and like gets an improvised weapon ready to strike. Nice. When the Steve Jobs says, Barbara, are you in here? And she's like, Who are you? How do you know my name? Why are you highlighted in blue like a friendly on my HUD instead of red like an enemy? <laughs> he ends up giving her the planet's backstory. Oh, Vicky's like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara just gets it. I've been trying. Apparently, the planet, as we know, is called Zeros, mm-hmm. and the Steve. It, it wasn't a very long backstory. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Steve Jobses, who are also known as Zerons, are the natives of this planet. The Moroks come from a planet three light years away, and apparently they invaded Zeros and turned it into a museum detailing the Morok Wars and like their galactic conquests, basically. <laughs> oh, that, that that's pretty efficient of them to fight a war to uh, commemorate their wars. Uh huh. But soon we shall rise against them and drive them from Zeros. Nice. And yeah, with this, I am immediately on board. Yes, me too. Yeah, you know, stories of people driving their oppressors away, always How good. about Barbara? Is she into it? Is she into him? <laughs> Gardbra? Is Steve Bar- Jobra? <laughs> Barjobs? Barbara, Barbara Jobs? Barbrard? Eh. She, <laughs> she wonders why they didn't fight back. And the Steve Jobs explains to her that basically, like, they didn't have good weapons because they were too peaceful. They hadn't focused on, like, war or whatever. Yeah, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm Mm-hmm. And he gives her a look. He starts to lead her to, like, the Steve Jobs head cue, but the museum starts filling with gas. (laughs) yeah hurry up guys Uh uh-huh barbara shouts at him to like put something over his mouth and she basically like holds a handkerchief up over her own mouth (laughs) she could have used her cardigan but Uh (laughs) (laughs) and yeah they rush out of the room down the hall we cut to the steve jobs head cue where vicky is also getting the backstory and <laughs> yeah, I guess that the DM just figured these guys aren't going to reunite the party anytime soon. Uh huh. It's also kind of a, a Doctor Who technique we've seen a few times when the party is split is like 
they'll all get the backstory at the same time and then we can kind of cut between. Oh, that's clever. We're not really doing the cutting between here, but... We just get in full every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Steve Jobses tell Vicky that when the Moroks invaded, they basically, like, destroyed the entire planet, including the people. Only the children were spared to work. <laughs> Gotta have that child labor. Yeah. Also, would Steve Jobs' Vicky shit be sticky? sticky? <laughs> I dig it. They, yeah, I guess the Steve Jobses are are essentially a race that has been enslaved now. These three Steve Jobses in particular were just about to the age where they'd be taken away to other planets to be put to work in forced labor. Oh, so, yeah, so like they hit out and started planning. They, of course, want to start a revolution against the Moroks, but it's been pretty ineffective so far. And Vicky's basically like, that's because you dolts don't actually do shit. You've got to do more than like just annoying the Moroks. <laughs> you tell them. One of the Steve Jobses asks what they can do without weapons. And Vicky says, Nothing. We must get some. Yes. Well, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, guns don't solve problems. Um, Given the circumstances, I do feel like at least eliminating that disparity in in power may be useful. Yeah. The Steve Jobses say that, like, they've occasionally stolen a ray gun from a guard but one gun is ineffective against a small army. And whenever they steal one anyway, the Moroks just like take hostages until the gun is returned. So is, is, the, is their entire resistance just based around this one museum? It seems to be like, <laughs> yeah, we never really see any other settings. Interesting. It all goes down here. Mm-hmm. Vicky asks... If they could organize effectively and wage a war effectively, if they had a lot of guns, and they assure her they could, they say, like, planning is their strong point, basically. <laughs> so yeah. she starts asking about the Moroc's armory. The Steve Jobses know where the armory is, but it's locked with an electronic brain programmed to ask questions. The answers given open the door, but they only open to the truth. Oh, man. You know the first question is going to be, who's your crush? <laughs> or, you know, something about Planet Morak or something, I guess. Uh, Vicky wants to see it, and they agree to take her to it, but they wonder, like, why she's so invested in their revolution. <laughs> she's like, I have as many reasons as you. Perhaps more. For wanting to see the future changed. Perhaps I'll explain later, but I think we should go now. That's a pretty cool line. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the next time somebody asks you why you did something, you can tell them that. <laughs> Back outside, the guard that Ian took hostage, so basically the guardianship, mm -hmm. is, is approaching the building that the preparation room is in. But <laughs> and and Ian's like, oh look at that! We just passed a display on uh, Coco through the ages. 
And God's like, why is that significant? And Ian's like, I'll tell you all about it. Are <laughs> you thirsty? This, uh, yes. <laughs> read this plaque here or or maybe have maybe have a cup of cocoa first and then, mm-hmm. then read this plaque <laughs> the guard recommends waiting a while before they actually head into the preparation room it's a busy time of day later on there won't be so many guards on duty you'll stand a better chance yeah but buddy what if we're on a schedule here we don't know when they're gonna process the doctor yeah they hear someone coming so ian hides and tells the guard to find out what happened to his friend. Cool, but this would be a fantastic opportunity for the guard to betray him, but we'll see. Yeah. The commander of the guards shows up, and he's like, dude, like, what are you doing here? And the guard tells him that he was ordered to come meet with the governor. Okay, cool. And the guard's yeah. still on our side. I guess, I guess Ian's probably got him covered, you know, with his ray gun from a hiding place or something. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the case. The commander starts heading off to, like, make sure that the TARDIS is still being guarded. Mm -hmm. But, like, as he leaves, the guard asks him if they've recaptured the other aliens yet. And the commander reveals that they have not, but mentions that, like, the Zafra gas is going to be happening. Oh, good. Now our heroes know about that, too. Well, Ian does. I guess we have to kind of spread that information around we cut to the armory which is this room with like a big safe door on one wall of the room and on another wall there's like this big cabinet that looks like you know a big reel-to-reel tape deck with lights and knobs like you might expect a 1960s computer to be excellent i love it and in the center of the room, there's this other, like, computery console with a guard sitting on it. And two Steve Jobses rush into the room, and they are able to quickly overpower the guard with their unarmed combat techniques in the surprise round before the guards turn in the initiative order, like, even comes up. Nice. So once he's down... Vicky enters the room and starts investigating the computer equipment. Cool. She has one of the Steve Jobs trigger, like, the question-asking mechanism, and it starts, like, the computer starts going. It asks if he understands that all questions are to be fully answered, and the Steve Jobs says yes, and... (laughs) Congratulations, that was the only question. You may Uh enter. (laughs) It asks what his rank is, and he says that he has no rank, and it turns off. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, it apparently has to not only be truthful answers, but, like, the correct truthful answers. You know, in retrospect, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Vicky has him start it again, but tells him to, like not say anything this time don't answer the questions just let the machine like run through all the questions nice that you can just try as many times as you want apparently uh uh-huh i also thought it was interesting that like it does just run through the questions like it doesn't it doesn't wait to get an answer before going (laughs) on to the next question like it pauses for a moment but then it just goes on it was a a fun scene i love this scene because the computer voice sounds like 
pretty bored. <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of computery monotone, but also just like super bored. Yeah, these questions are awful. Uh-huh. Why don't they ever have me ask anything interesting? <laughs> so as it runs through the questions, Vicky starts opening access panels and looking at the computer guts. Back out in the main museum area, Barbara and Steve Jobs are making their way through the Zafra gas. They're coughing as they go, and Steve Jobs collapses to the ground. And Barbara throws him over her shoulder and continues. <laughs> she she goes over to him, like, you know, presumably to try to help him. Mm-hmm. But then she also collapses to the ground. Oh, dang. I guess those constitution saves um, got to run out sooner or later. Yeah. Back in the armory, Vicky has been messing with the computer guts for a bit. And she replaces the access hatch. And one of the Steve Jobs asks if she's done it, and she says that she's not sure. And the Steve Jobs points out that, like, the door hasn't opened. And she's like, yeah, duh, we haven't answered the questions yet. And he's like... These are all now, like, what's your name? (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream? Uh Uh-huh. She, yeah, like, she tells him to chill. And she goes and triggers the question-asking mechanism... It does ask her name. She gives it. Nice. Nice. And then it asks, For what purpose are the arms needed? Which was one of the one of its actual questions from earlier. Hmm. She says, Revolution! And the door opens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice! <laughs> I fixed it so that I only had to answer the truth. I didn't have to give the correct reply. I dig it. So the Steve Jobses all enter the room and start looking at the boxes of weapons, which I'm assuming are much cheaper for a prop department to produce than like <laughs> actual stacks of ray guns. Yeah. And Vicky wonders to herself if this will prevent her and her friends from becoming museum displays. <laughs> nice. We cut to Lobos's office. There's a knock on his door, and Guardian enters the room. Hell yes. Lobos makes some comment about Ian paying for all the trouble that these aliens have caused. So Ian pulls his ray gun out, points it at Lobos, and Lobos backs down. You'll be a fool if you kill me. You will achieve nothing. Possibly, but it might be enjoyable. Dang, Ian. <laughs> Ice cold. Yeah, seriously. Man, ever since he started, like, you know, spinning that gun and, like, pointing it at his friends, I feel like th- th- this writer had a very kind of bloodthirsty uh, trigger happy <laughs> view of Ian. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel like he's not quite been this bloodthirsty before. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, like, back down from action, but yeah. He demands to be taken to the doctor. But Lobos says it's too late to help him. He has already passed into the second stage of preparation. He is beyond your help. Oh, <laughs> well, um, maybe we'll just keep him around as a <laughs> decoration. We'll, we'll hang our hats on him. Uh-huh. Ian demands to see him anyway. You know, I imagine, like, the preparation process is probably pretty interesting to watch. <laughs> 
So the guard opens a door, and Ian orders the guard and Lobos into the room, and then follows them in himself. And upon entering the room, we get a classic Doctor Who reaction shot as Ian looks beyond the camera and says, Doctor! As the words words appear on the screen. Next episode, the final phase. Wonder how many more episodes are left in this serial. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically that's probably referring to the final phase of the uh, the preparation of the preparation process. Exhibit, but yeah, at the same time, yeah, um, <laughs> it is it is a fair question. Yeah. Well, cool. This is this remains a fun and entertaining serial. I think. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Nobody's you, fired a ray gun yet. We don't know if these have uh, film negative film negativization um, technology or something else. But uh, I'm I'm sure it's rad. Whatever it is. Yeah, looking forward to to seeing just how these ray guns work. Or or not if they never figured out a way to do that or bother uh-huh. coming up with a special effect. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, fun Cliff Dangler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Will we I, learn I, I, how the ray guns work or not? <laughs> the real clip thing. You may have noticed that the doctor was not actually in this episode, like <laughs> at all whatsoever. Did William Hartnell get a vacation? <laughs> um, including, you know, like the reaction shot at the end, instead of showing us the doctor, mm-hmm. we see the reaction shot. Mm-hmm. And like, normally I would assume that William Hartnell got a vacation, but there was that one time that he was out for injury. So like I had to check and make sure, but yeah. it was a holiday. He okay, was on vacation. Lovely. lovely, lovely. Still strange to me that they keep making the show even when some of the actors are on vacation, but <laughs> well, like we said earlier, there's a lot of episodes in each season. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I dig it. I think this is cool. Um, I, I wish some of these, some more of these characters had names so that we could come up with proper ship names. But I mean, Guardian is pretty great. I feel like maybe any time that Ian ends up with a guard, we could just call it Guardian. We, we could even pretend it's the same ship. I don't know. It's just the um, same guard being <laughs> being animated or resurrected into different different times and places. Ah, uh, how romantic! The Steve Jobses do have names in the script, but they weren't as interesting <laughs> we, as Steve we don't Jobs. Care. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens next. What is the final, the final phase? Indeed. Um, and come back and find out in two weeks. Come back in two weeks and find out if the final phase is the final episode of the serial. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Doctor's Watcher would like to thank Circuit Twenty Three for the awesome theme song he made for us. You can hear it and the rest of his music at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. You can reach him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. I would like to thank Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who. 
And I would like to thank all you listeners for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. You can reach us by email at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com and on Twitter at DoctorWatcher. If you enjoyed the program, please tell all your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Questions are to be fully answered. What is your rank? What is your name? Do you have the governor's permission to approach? Have you a requisition signed by the governor? What is its reference number? The withdrawal requisition numbers are fed in from headquarters. It has to tally with the number Which given. There's no chance, Vicky. Isn't there? I wouldn't give For in as easily as that. Purpose are the arms needed?